We went fishing, ladies and gentlemen. The San Diego Padres defeat the Miami Marlins, winning two out of three games, despite a little bit of a scare there from Josh Hader, talking about a whole series as a whole, Seth Lugo, you know, whether or not they should bring him back and whatnot, and then that whole Robert Suarez ejection that came out of seemingly nowhere. This season's full of surprises. Unfortunately, just not always the best ones. We're talking about all that and more, guys. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Padres, your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, August 24th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at LO underscore Padres. If you want only Padres content, don't worry, I got you covered, man. You could also check out my written work on baseball stuff over at JustBaseball.com. Great website. I have some contributors on there on the show every now and then. Looking to get another one in the future. We'll have to see. Uh, but go check that out. I recently wrote about Hassan Kim if that's something you're interested in. Uh, basically similar to yesterday's episode. Go check that out. That was a fun one. I had a lot of fun talking about Kim. Uh, today's episode, guys, before we get into all the juicy goodness, it is brought to you by Bunches. New sponsor for the show. Download the Bunches app today. And when you do, our friends at Bunches have featured... The Locked On MLB Bunch in the Discover tab. You can also click the link in the description show notes to join the Locked On MLB Bunch community today. More on that a little bit later. But guys, today we're recapping a nice, splendid, calm series. Until the end. You know what I mean? In a lot of ways. Even when the Padres lost a game in the series, which we'll talk about. Um, even when they lost a game, it was just, it felt calm. I don't know how to explain it. Maybe it's because we're playing the Marlins and I just think of fishes when I'm watching and then the, the you know, the smoothness of the sea and you know, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Um, let's talk about yesterday's game first because yesterday's game, pretty uneventful literally until the very end uh, for the most part. Uh, in this game, the Padres face former Cy Young winner Sandy Alcantara and what's crazy is when I say former Cy Young winner, uh, wow. I should have said reigning Cy Young winner. I, I thought it was two years ago for a second. Reigning Cy Young winner, Sandy Alcantara, who by the end of this game was throwing his glove into the wall, really upset, and not necessarily because he pitched awful. He goes six and two-thirds in this one, giving up four earned runs on seven hits. Didn't strike out that many, though, but it's kind of crazy that this is, uh, for Alcantara anyway, one of the more like disappointing follow-ups to a Cy Young that I can remember. And I imagine that there's been more um, non-injury related, of course. So I'm not counting, like, Johan Santana back in the day when he got hurt and all that stuff. But I'm trying to think, like, who's another one? I'm trying to think. Did Scherzer have a weird season one year? I don't know. But leave leave a comment if you guys remember some weird uh, bad fall-offs for Cy Young winners that you can remember the next season. Um, oh, R.A. Dickey, I think, was one of them. But anyway, sorry. Getting on, on track. Uh, the Padres managed to get enough offense in this one. And that's pretty good because the Marlins are usually just more of a defensive kind of small ball oriented team. Uh, they haven't been all that amazing at pitching this year. They're 15th in ERA, batting average against their 13th, whip their 11th. And a big part of that is because of San Alcantara not being able to deliver and keep up what he had been doing the past two years, and especially last year, right? Um, and the Padres get to him. Padres get to him in this game. Uh, at least they get to him enough. Starting in the bottom of the first inning, Hassan Kim leading things off with a double. I forgot to tweet 
my tweet kind of got like, lo- you know, when it says like retry, unable to send your tweet for some reason, you'll be like in Wi-Fi and everything. And sometimes it messes up. Maybe it's just me, but uh, I was I was tweeting something about Hassan Kim. I think it was a meme, but basically just being excited because I had just done an episode on him um, following the Grand Slam that he hit in Mon- um, hold on in Monday's game. And in that game with the Grand Slam, he let off with a double. So I was like, uh oh, we do for another one. I don't know, folks, but uh, he doesn't hit a Grand Slam in this one. Instead, Juan Soto is able to drive him in. Then the big hit of the game: Xander Bogarts two-run home run. Uh, Love to see that from him. I, I personally think that it's just a lost season overall for Bogarts. I don't think this is a sign of things changing. He's been playing a little bit better lately, like a tiny bit. But for the most part, he looks pretty dreadful up there. He looks frustrated. Um, he's not walking as much as I would like him to, uh, to make up for the fact that he's not hitting the ball all that hard or slugging the ball all that hard. And it stinks because early on in the season, he looked great. And I thought that his hard hit data, you know, at the beginning of the season was just it was going to come back and that he was going to be fine. But instead, it turned out something's wrong. Maybe it's the wrist. Maybe it's just the stink of being with the Padres, which we've talked about before, this organization's ability to only make players worse when they get here or let them stay the same. Uh, but still, really nice for him to get a hit at all, I mean, to be perfectly honest with you. So good for Bogarts. Nice home run there. He goes two for four in the game. And that's basically it. No one else other than Garrett Cooper, who has been slowly... He's finally coming alive for the Padres, guys. Just a, a tiny bit. Just a tiny bit. He's walking a decent amount. He's got 343 on base, and he's slugging. So he's able to get some some doubles every now and then, get us some extra base hits. Uh, he hasn't been that bad. It's just they haven't been G-Man Choi and Garrett Cooper. When you look around the rest of the league, I think, when you look at when you look at the team we just played with Josh Bell and Jake Berger, or you look at the Dodgers with Rosario and Lance Lynn, or you look at, like, probably a, a crop of other teams, you see that their trade deadline guys, of course, did a lot better. Even though ours on paper that I talked about when the trade deadline happened, it was like, this looks great. And then, of course, everything seems to have flopped, so that's unfortunate. But, guys, that's not all that happened in this game. We got to talk about Seth Lugo. Six innings, zero earned runs, only three hits, a walk, and four Ks. Now, here's what I will say. I put on the... The plot episode summary over here. I said, should the should the Padres be keeping Seth Lugo? I think it's an important question to ask. He's been good this year. Um, quite good in a lot of ways. I don't like using F4 for pitchers, but he's got a 2 F4, which is pretty solid, especially for a number 5 starter uh, in a lot of ways. His strikeout rate isn't incredible. But the big thing that I think is legit about Seth Lugo is his control. He's got amazing spin on his curveball. His fastball spins okay. His fastball isn't amazing. He actually didn't get any whiffs on it today. But the curve moves a lot. I really like his curveball. Seven whiffs in this game from his curveball and a total of 23 swings. Not bad. Now, don't get me wrong. He's not wiping people out. I think you have to view this guy as a fifth starter. When you view him in the vein of a fifth starter, I think he's actually pretty effective. And I think that the control is legit. Um, I don't think he's going to wipe out people. I don't think we're going to get numbers uh, that he did when he was a reliever, right? Where he had, like, astounding strikeout rates didn't give up like any fly balls or home runs or anything like that. And he was really effective. I don't think he's going to be that, but just starting pitcher form, right? He's not going to turn into some superstar pitcher, but I don't know. I just like what he's delivered this year. The strikeout rate isn't great, but I think the look, the, the walk rate's legit. He's in the 88th percentile in walk rate among all starting pitchers. And don't get me wrong. He's due um, maybe for another uh, clunker every now and then. Maybe he'll give up four runs in his next start, might give up some big home runs, 
but I think he's okay, man. I think he's done a lot for this team. Again, starting pitching has not been this team's problem. And you look at his contract going forward, he's getting paid $7.5 million this year, and next year he has a player option for seven point five again. I'm I'm curious to see if he goes on a little bit of a run here and whether or not he keeps that. Um, I think he's probably going to opt out because since he's proven that he can be a quality starting pitcher, I think it's possible that people are going to be like, all right, we'll give him, you know, let, let's let me think of a, a pitcher who wasn't that good a few years ago, Stephen Matz of the Cardinals. I bring him up because I like making fun of the, how the Cardinals have needed starting pitching for like ten years. And the only t- things that they've ever done were acquired Jordan Montgomery, who's a pretty good pitcher, and Steven Matz. Like, they've had all these prospects for years. Just refuse. They're like, oh, we'll try it out Wainwright at age 55. We'll see how that goes. Um, like, Steven Matz is a little bit of a comp, like, just to give you guys an idea of, like, what a starting pitcher can go for, even if they aren't that incredible, right? Um, and Steven Matz is a good example. He was okay one year with the Mets, and then he signed a four-year $44 million. So... I think it's pretty likely that that Seth Lugo is going to opt out of his contract. The question is, what can the Padres offer? What will make sense? If they did some four-year 44, I wouldn't hate it because it's not that much money and it's only four years. Um, I wouldn't hate it, and especially because I do think the Padres do need pitching. Now, I've I've voiced my concern over these long-term contracts, but I think it's different when it comes to the pitchers because right now you've got Musgrove, who's really steady, but he's hurt, and then you've got Darvish, who's... Locked up for a while, but he's also hasn't been very good, and he's locked up for a while. And then after that, you don't really have too much until you get into the prospect world of your Robbie Snellings and what have you, right? So I actually wouldn't mind if they explored extending Seth Lugo. I think that that would be a, a fair thing to do. I don't know if he has room to get better, which is what thing something that concerns me. I, I just don't see it. I don't see him, see him suddenly figuring out like how to get more whiffs off his fastball, you know, how to be able to get guys to chase a little bit more. I don't see that, but as a, a quality five, I, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. And he also has a pretty, he'll have like your dynamite start every now and then, like today. Granted, it was against the Marlins and the Marlins can't really hit, but still, I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. And I think it's worth at least exploring. I think he's, he's had a really underrated solid season, Mr. Seth Lugo. So shout out to him. But before we talk about the real, I think the real story. I, I'm saving it for you guys. That's right. I have to. I have to. Because I got a lot of thoughts on this. Before we talk about Robert Suarez and what happened to our boy here. <laughs> another unprecedented thing. I was talking about Sandy Alcantara's fall off and how unprecedented that has been. This is even more unprecedented in a lot of ways. Um, but before we get into that, guys, let me talk to you about what I was mentioning before Locked On Padres fans. Guess what? Guess what? This new app. It's called Bunches. First of all, great app name. I love it. Bunches. It's great. Just a great word to say. A bunch. Bunch. Munch. Anything with unch. Lunch is pretty good. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. Uh, Bunches is a new app built just for sports fans where you can chat sports in real time. Click the link in the show notes and description to join the app or go to the Apple Store and just download the Bunches app now. I'm telling you, you're going to love. You're going to adore. You're going to have fun. Who doesn't want to talk with their fellow Locked On MLB hosts, man? And that's what you can do. It's a free app where sports fans chat. And Locked On MLB group chat, they have one on there. I'm going to be getting in there probably soon myself. I'm not on there just yet, but don't worry. Uh, we got a bunch of hosts in there, and they're featured in the Discovered tab, so you can just hop on in there and just talk. You can just chat. It's really a lot of fun. It's kind of like private chat rooms and whatnot. It's almost like a Discord in a lot of ways. So really cool stuff over there. And if you have questions about today's episode, that's a really great place to put it. Uh, You can just chat about your, you know, it's your team every day. Well, guess what? You could chat about your team every day. Tell a personal story, guys. 
about whatever things that relate to the Padres, send some anecdotal things to me in there, or just whatever, like just talk. That's why I like about Bunches. It's really great. So download the Bunches app today. And when you do, our friends at Bunches have featured, like I said before, the Locked On MLB Bunch in the Discover tab. You can also click the link, like I said, in the description show notes to join. Go check it out. And we're back, everybody here on the Locked On Padres podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available, of course, on all platforms. Oh, man, let's get into it. Let's get into the gossip. Let me crack my knuckles. Ah, I don't know if that came through on the mic. Probably pretty gross if it did. Um, Wow, where to start here? So Robert Suarez checks into the game in the eighth inning, naturally, as one does. Um, Or, hold on, was it the eighth inning? Give me one second. I'm forgetting what the heck is going on. John Birdie, no. No, no, no. Who the heck? What happened? Was the eighth inning? No, because Cosgrove pitched the So it was the seventh inning, I believe. It was the seventh inning. My apologies. Robert Suarez comes into the game, and I'm, you know, I'm hanging out. I'm still doing some work. It's a work day, right? Like, it's still before, for me at least, on the East Coast. Like, it's still not 5 o'clock yet, so I'm still not clocking out, done with all my personal stuff that I'm doing. And I just start noticing in the background, like, what the heck is going on? Why is all those people there? And I'd start putting up the audio a little bit more to, to raise it because Don is talking about it and everything. And little do I know what was little did I know what was what was coming. Robert Suarez gets ejected before even throwing a pitch. Even throwing a pitch, ladies and gentlemen. Again, leave a, a comment below if you remember the last time a pitcher got thrown out without throwing a pitch. And by the way, for it being substance related. What in the world happened there? I just am I'm flabbergasted, ladies and gentlemen. I am absolutely flabbergasted. I have no idea what happened there. But Robert Suarez gets ejected. He gets tossed with a substance issue. Um, a sticky stuff situation, dare I say. And, ugh, my gosh. I mean, I just... Even when the Padres are winning, we find a way to do something silly and lose. You know what I mean? Even then. Um, and they say, just from early things that I've heard, Jeff Sanders said it's probably more than Rosin, right? And Rosin, for, for those who want a little bit of a background on this, the the sticky stuff thing, the pine tar and rosin are things that people say a, a lot, but the spider tax seems to be the one that really raises a lot of issue. And people have reported, like, and, and this is anecdotal, but people have said, like, you know, if that ball with spire tag, if it's on the grass, you have to actually, like, yank it out. Like, you're pulling out, like, like a plant or something like that. Like, it's crazy, the sticky stuff with that, right? But when it comes to pine tar and rosin, that's not necessarily awful. And, in fact, I think that a lot of players, there's a reason why uh, that there's some pine tar to get a better grip on the ball. Guys are throwing so hard, they don't want to get, you know, their head taken off by these things. So I don't think that there's a giant issue with that, unless you make it super-duper obvious and you look like the swamp thing coming out there with all this, you know, goop on you and what have you. But... Um, spider attack is the one that seems to cross the line for a lot of people. And I think that's why you had the controversies years ago, or just a couple years ago, actually, with, with Spider Cole, right, is what people called him because he used the sticky stuff a lot. Now, Cole bounced back and has been great. He's a great starting pitcher. Robert Suarez. Hmm. I'm, 
I'm really nervous about this, folks, because one of the things, and I haven't talked about this enough, Robert Suarez, on top of just not being all that incredible this year, his 4.73 ERA doesn't tell the full story because he only got back um, at the end of July, and then he gave up those five runs in an inning against the Dodgers. But other than that, he's only given up one run ever since then, which is which is good. He has been effective, I should say. It's just that his strikeout gas is just gone. And that's worrying me, which is why him getting ejected for sticky stuff. And again, this is hearsay. Uh, I, I, this is, you know, I, this is all speculation. I don't know the full story about everything here. Um, it hasn't come out. I'm recording this podcast um, basically after the game. Um, so, like, I don't know for sure what's going on here. I don't know if this is a wider, this is a bigger issue. But I just, I don't know, guys. I'm a little nervous about what I'm seeing here. It just feels like he's not getting as many whiffs. It feels like he's not getting as much like um, as many strikeouts. He was throwing heat last year, and it felt like guys just couldn't hit him. And this year, not quite as much. Um, so that's been a little bit worrisome. So it makes me wonder: Was this guy a sticky stuff merchant, and we extended him all that time? No, don't get me wrong. He's got some good peripherals. His fastball velocity is incredible. Like, like I say, he throws freaking heat. This guy, like he's unbelievable when he's on, but 31.9% strikeout rate last year to just 15.4 this year. Granted, he is coming off an injury, but it's a little worrisome. It's a little worrisome. I'm not that worried about him as like being a a reliever who can pitch. I don't think that he's heading for a Luis Garcia type of like fall off. But considering you extended him for a decent amount um, in this off season, and he's not getting nearly as many whiffs as he was last year. That does concern me. That does concern me. On his four-seam fastball last year, 26.2% whiff rate. This year, it's at 20%. His changeup was at a 40% whiff rate. Granted, he didn't, doesn't throw it you know, as much as the fastball, but even still, last year, 40% whiff rate on the changeup. This year, just 13.3%. His sinker last year is the only one that kind of has stayed the same, and that's really concerning. So his fastball and changeup, he's not getting any whiffs, and that concerns me. Um... I think you could easily chalk this up to him coming back from a big injury and just struggling to find a groove. It's the middle of the season. I get that, you know, the spring training and just not getting into a groove, like I said. But it's it's something to worry about. So keep this on your itinerary. Um, keep this on the dock. Just wait and see. I'm really hopeful that this isn't some sign that the Padres accidentally extended a guy who was doing so well last year in his age 30 season. He's a rookie trying to make his thing into the leagues, and maybe he was actually a, a sticky stuff merchant. Um, and the other reason to point towards that is the fact that he didn't even throw a pitch yet, and umpires were already on to him. So that's that's concerning. That's concerning, but we'll have to see. Um, I've talked enough about this, um, but granted... I almost also don't care about the rest of the series, but we're going to sum it up anyway. Um, moving on from the Robert Suarez thing, because uh, I just don't want to talk about it anymore. I, I don't know. It would be so Padres for this guy to fall off, because I thought they were smart. I liked the Robert Suarez extension. I liked it because I thought they were getting ahead of the curve. I thought they were like, all right, this guy can be our closer for a whole lot less than what is likely going to be the price for Josh Hader next year. Let's just get ahead of it now because we think he's awesome. And we love that he throws like 108 miles an hour, right? Not literally, but you get what I mean. Um, if that turns out 
to have been them not doing enough research and doing yet again what Preller seems to keep doing, which is immediately when someone looks good right now, no outlook, no uh, vision for the future, apparently, and you just sign the guy? <sighs> that would be even more. Uh, uh, another thing to pile onto the stack of reasons for why if someone, someone, if, if someone is to be fired, I think it should be AJ Preller. Rest of the series, though, um, not too much to report on. They lose Tuesday's game 3-0 in classic Padres fashion. Uh, just, you know, we have a great game on Monday. Grand slam, winning 6-2. You get some good starts. And then, of course, unable to win. And we should have known that this was going to happen even more because it was a Blake Snell start. And you guys know, despite being one of the hottest pitchers in baseball, they still struggle to give our boys some wins sometimes. Uh, he still does well in this game, though. Six innings. Um, 96 pitches. He was good. He was effective. He didn't, you know, get trounced early. Um, two walks, eight Ks. Unfortunately, I do blame myself for this one. I had tweeted, it looks like we're in for some Snellzilla tonight. And then what happens? Three, he, he gives up a bunch of hits. Uh, specifically in that one inning in the top of the third when Solaire hit a home run. Jake Berger hit a big single. Avi Garcia even managed to get a, a sacrifice um, RBI ground out. Just unfortunate, but he had one bad inning, and then he was able to bounce back. But the Padres were unable to hit Jesus Lazardo, who in this game goes six innings, only allowing two hits, no runs, one walk, and seven Ks. I talked about it with Peter Pratt a couple days ago, host of Lockdown Marlins. And if you were wondering, folks, if you were wondering, because I had mentioned the Padres will get you, you know, they will find ways to lose. They can do all sorts of things to make guys look better. He said, oh, Sandy's been struggling. I said, hey, maybe we'll make Sandy look good. Hazel Cesar's last four starts, 10.59 ERA and just an 18.2 strikeout, 18.2 percent strikeout rate across 17 innings. 17 innings, he only went. And then he has that slash line or that pitching line against us. Padres baseball, baby. Unbelievable stuff, guys. You really don't let us down. As long as you're, like me, a masochist, and you're enjoying the, oh, I can't wait to watch how we lose today. Um, but before we get into uh, the last game and just a couple other things uh, to wind down the podcast, guys, we're talking about our old buddies at Sleeper. You know I love Sleeper, ladies and gentlemen. You know I love them. You know I love them. They're fantastic. I love the app so much. Um, because I use it for fantasy. I'm finally using, we're actually my longtime uh, fantasy football league that I've had since like, oof, like 2010 or something like that. We've had this thing for a minute. Uh, we're bringing that back and we're moving to Sleeper. It's so good. There's so many quality of life things that they do on there. You can see like the history of the player, the game log of the player fantasy wise. Like they give you all this data, all the updates. They have little mascots that fight each other. You can make your team photo, whatever you want it to be. Just all sorts of things. You can run mock drafts on the app. It's great. So go check that out. But Sleeper isn't just good for that. They've also got you when it comes to daily fantasy. And dynamic payouts are live, ladies and gentlemen. What are dynamic payouts? Well, in short, each player projection now has a multiplier attached to it, as opposed to preset multipliers based on the number of legs in a contest. With dynamic payouts, also comes more stat categories to place contests on. You can get higher payouts than other apps with less picks. I don't know what I'm feeling for baseball uh, in the next time the Padres play. I don't know. But I'm going to hope that maybe Xander Bogarts might have found a little something with this home run. Maybe he's going to have a little confidence. It's going to be tough because the Brewers can pitch pretty well. But I don't know. Look into, look into Xander Bogarts. Look at Xander Bogarts. I'm going to actually see if I can see um, what games we got. Uh, looks like we're not. 
Oh, wow. Hold on one second, folks. I think I just saw a cool deal. Give me one second. Oh, never mind, never mind. But uh, I would look for Friday's game, and I would be interested in Xander Bogarts. That'd be my pick, guys. But I'm not the best gambler in the world. I'm not, not gambler. I'm not the best fantasy player in the world. I lose very often. Uh, so... Heed, heed my warning. Although I was right about Tommy Pham last week. I was right. I told you to pick Tommy Pham in Daily Fantasy last week. But guys, use promo code LOCKEDON and you get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And we're back, everybody, here on the Lockdown Padres podcast. As always, thank you for making us your first listen every day. Go check us out on the SiriusXM app to follow the play-by-play and all that stuff and goody stuff. Don't worry. Don't worry. SiriusXM is always there for you. As am I. As am I. In this final stretch um, of this podcast, this lovely, lovely podcast, I want to talk about the last game of this series real quick. They win 6-2. I mentioned already, and I talked about it a little bit on my Hassan Kim episode. The Padres win 6-2 behind Michael Waka. With a great start, he's someone we got to talk about as well because his contract's a little bit more complicated from what I remember. Like, he's got this weird... I still remember when it was reported. It was so odd. And I still don't totally get it. It's like a... It's this weird, like, signing bonus that changes. It, it, it's actually creative, so I, I kind of respect it in that regard, right? But there's, like, a mutual option for next year. And then after that, it's a club. It, it's it's very odd, but next year for $16 million, I'm curious if they choose to take that. I'm curious. I think they should. Because Michael Walker has been even better than Seth Lugo. He's been an overqualified four. It's so frustrating that the Padres were expected to have starting pitching problems. And their superstars lineup just refused to cash in when all the starting pitching stuff, with the exception of maybe Darvish. Right? Like, Darvish has been disappointing because he's also been there. It hasn't just been a health thing for him, right? You know, all of that, you got stuff out of Waka, you got it out of Lugo, you got it out of Snell and Musgrove when he came back and he just... It's been rough. It's been rough, guys. I'm trying not to snap. I'm trying not to snap. I'm really trying. <laughs> really trying. But in this game, five and a third innings pitched, uh, gives up one earned run on five hits, two walks and seven Ks, 2.63 ERA on the season. Uh, hey, look, I was wrong. I, I really was wrong. I think that this guy's money. Um, obviously as a, a number one, it'd scare you. Um, but as a four with Snell, with Darvish, with all these guys pitching for us, it's been awesome to watch this guy pitch. He can really wipe guys out when he's in the mood to, or when he's just capable of doing so. Yes, it's the Marlins, but even still this guy with the exception of like a start he had like months ago, which one was it against the D backs and the, and the Brewers, right? He had those, he started off the season. Awesome. He started off against Colorado good. Then he struck out 10 against Atlanta. And I warn you guys on this podcast that Waka was not going to keep that up. And then he gave up 7 on 11 hits and then 5 on 10 hits. And I was like, here we go. And basically ever since then, he's only allowed 3 earned runs at at max in a start ever since then. Which is just absolutely nuts. And it shows you how great he's been. Yes, he's not going to rack up all the strikeouts. Yes, he could give up a home run every now and then. But the consistency is there. He won pitcher of the month a few months ago. Love Michael Waka. Um, but he wasn't the big story of this game, of course. Unfortunately, Pedro Avila gets hit up a little bit, uh, gives up a run. It was kind of his first run in a little bit. Uh, in just a th- two-thirds of an inning, 
he usually had been going more than one inning at a time. So that was a little bit unfortunate. I still want to give that guy a little bit more of a chance, and I want to see if he gets a start instead of Rich Hill uh, in the next game. We'll have to see how that pans out. But in this game, Manny Machado with a home run, which was rad, uh, two for three with two RBIs in total. And then, of course, talked about it yesterday, Hassan Kim's Grand Slam and a double because why not as a treat and a stolen base as a treat. And Tatis gets a stolen base in this one as well, by the way. Um, just really good stuff all around. Uh, a, a really cozy game. There's nothing to worry about here. Against our former Padres uh, non-legend Ryan Weathers, three and a third, five earned runs for him. Obviously, the Grand Slam being a big part of it. Um, you know, talked about that with Peter. Who knows if they turn him into something. But as of right now, very much okay with the Padres having passed on um, Ryan Weathers. I think that that's totally fine. But we'll see. We'll see how uh, that progresses for the Marlins in the future. Great win for the Padres, but unfortunately they followed up with the game that I talked about before, the 3-0 loss. Um, just really, really rough stuff. Um, you know, Machado, you know, popping out to end the game. And I've seen some people talk about this. He's he's obviously a, a Padres legend already in a lot of ways, but I don't think it's unfair for people to get a little bit annoyed at Machado really stinking it up for a lot of this year. And unlike a Bogarts, unlike a Soto, unlike a Tatis, like those guys, you know, Tatis just came back and Soto is in a new place. And he also started getting better, by the way. Xander Bogarts, we've seen this before. Marcus Simeon, um, uh, Francisco Lindor, right? Like we've seen like guys signing these big contracts and in those case shortstops sometimes can be rough a little bit. And also, I don't know if we're taking into account enough I know some stat nerds will probably say that this doesn't exist, but whatever. He's facing all new pitchers in the National League. So, you know. But with Machado, it's like, you've been here for a while and you got an extension, so it's frustrating. And it's annoying that, like, he's the one that's first to, you know, push back when people are saying, hey, this team has been disappointed and get annoyed when people point out some facts about that. I think it's a little bit unfair. Machado gets a little testy sometimes, but I think he's most often in the right. That's the funny part. But this year... Just not a great year for him. I'm only beating up on him now just because he was the final out in that second game, but whatever. Um, look, uh, the last thing we got to mention is that the Padres <laughs> the Padres have the easiest schedule. This tweet coming from Sammy Levitt, uh, radio host for the Padres, of course. Easiest remaining schedule in the National League. The combined winning percentage of the teams they face is 478. <sighs> Guys, I'm not falling for it. I'm sorry, I'm not falling for it. I'm not saying give up entirely. I'm just saying I personally do not think it's going to happen. I'm still finding ways to enjoy the games. Um, Kim being the biggest one, just trying to see how legit, how much better Tatis can get. Trying to see him just add to his stats in total. I've said this before. I just want him to get more stolen bases and more home runs just to shut people up. Because people have been annoying about this guy for a while now. Um, but I, I don't think that they're making the playoffs. I just don't see it. Because every time you think they're going to go on a run, they don't. Like I said, they sweep the Rangers, beat the Rockies, then they get killed by the Dodgers, killed by the Mariners, killed by the D-backs. Like, that's just how I view it, right? And then killed by the D-backs again, by the way. They, they lost, what was it? Out of the seven? Yeah, they only won two out of the seven games. Yeah, awesome stuff. Yes, they play the Brewers next. Um, that's basically, you know, that team is consistently, they outperform their peripherals, unfortunately. I say unfortunately because I hate how much they refuse to spend any money. They didn't even want to pay their star Cy Young pitcher an extra 200K, right? They have Woodruff. They have Freddie Peralta. They have Wade Miley, who, aside from Michael Waka, one of the more underrated pickups of the offseason. He gets barely any strikeouts, 
But the guy just limits damage. He's a damage control pitcher, and he's been pretty solid for a while now. So Wade Miley was another one. But um, Darvish versus Woodruff to kick that one off is going to be fascinating, I think, uh, for Friday. Very excited for that one. Also expected to face Freddy Peralta. Pedro Avila, if he gets that start, assuming nothing changes between now, I'm excited for that. I think it's a great, great test for the young guy. Really excited to see how that goes. Show us something. Because throwing out Rich Hill there, I didn't like that they did that last time, and Avila came in and went like four scoreless. So hopefully he can do that. The Brewers are very much just a team that is predicated on home runs, which is another reason why I like slandering them, because I think they're just going to get smoked in the postseason. But, you know, whatever. Uh, They are 22nd in home runs, 21st in home runs. They rely on that a whole lot. Batting average is 28th. It's a good spot for Avila to come in and hopefully show some stuff and maybe earn himself more uh, starts going forward, right? And maybe Rich Hill can just be a bullpen piece or whatever. He's old. It's inconsequential. That that trade was about Choi. Um, in terms of ERA, though, I mean, their whip is 4th. ERA is 11th. They're not that incredible of a team. It frustrates me, like I said, how much they often outperform their peripherals. Uh, in terms of run differential, Brewers are top of their division, which is a plus nine run differential, which is the lowest, I believe, of any division winner in the sport. Awesome. Uh, because that division has been terrible for a while. And I think that it shows you that the Brewers are really good at just damage control and just staying staying on target, right? They're like, all we have to do is be better than the Cubs, Reds, Pirates, and Cardinals. Cardinals fell off a cliff this year. That's why they do that. And it annoys me that they've just had a free ticket, or at least a mostly free ticket, into the postseason every year, and they never spend. That's why I hate the Brewers. Anyway, uh, to get off my soapbox, after that, then the Padres face the Cardinals. Um, But my issue is, this team has not played well against bad teams fairly often, and they haven't gone on a streak against bad teams. Like, every time you think that, oh, wow, we've got a nice slate. We're playing Colorado, and then we're playing... You know, uh, what, what was a good slate that we had? Um, the Reds? No, I'm trying to... Yeah, when we played Detroit and then Pittsburgh and then you win Texas, like, you think it's going to go after that. We're going to go nuclear, but they just haven't. Um, you know, so that's just how those things go. And I know, I understand that technically speaking, like, these games against the Giants could go our way. Uh, the Giants have been faltering a little bit. Their offense doesn't scare you. They don't have any players that are, like, superstar caliber on that team because they missed out on Correa and Judge uh, in particular. But... I just, I also don't care about winning percentages of teams. You know why? Because that's a little bit inflated by the fact that they get to face the Cardinals twice and the White Sox and the A's. But then they all, they still have to face teams like San Francisco, Philly, who's on fire right now, and who also we don't play well against, infamously. And then you have the Astros, and then you have the Dodgers. So I'm not going to get all worked up about this. It is nice that we finish off our season against one of the worst teams in baseball, the White Sox, who just fired their GM and... You know, that that organization is just totally in shambles. But don't get yourself too excited is all I'm saying. Um, I'm not saying it's impossible. They still technically have the chance to make the playoffs. But that would require a whole lot of losing against from the Diamondbacks now, especially. Because we don't play them again. So we can't control our destiny on that front. Um, But again, we'll see. Again, the the reason to watch the Padres is just to enjoy individual players. Enjoy the Hassan Kim thing. Enjoy seeing Tatis rack up his stats a little bit more. Hopefully catch fire um, and stop getting so unlucky. But uh, oof, I don't have a good feeling about this Brewers series. The Brewers are just the type of team that you're like, we could beat these jerks. They just have some good pitching and that's it. So yeah, well, we, we've been stifled by like every bad pitcher in the league at points this year, right? Like that's what's happened. Brandon Fate, 
I forgot P-F-A-A-D-T, the guy on the Diamondbacks. I always forget how to pronounce his name. My apologies. Like, that guy rocked a 6 ERA heading into facing us and gave him, like, no runs. So, like, again, imagine what they're, what they're going to do when they're facing Freddie Peralta and Brandon Woodruff, right? So, we'll see how that all transpires, guys. Um, and I'm still looking forward to it. And I hope you guys are still looking forward to future episodes of this podcast. Speaking of those future episodes, guys, uh, tomorrow I think it's likely we're going to push my soapbox on the Orioles back a little bit. Um, we might. We might. You're either gonna, I'm either going to talk about the Orioles and the Padres' future and why they're better off than them and other teams of that ilk. Uh, a little bit of an optimistic podcast. Or my buddy, Miller Thomas. That's right. Weekly crossover. We're trying to do that um, tomorrow. Or today, when you're listening to this, we're trying to record that. Do another draft or just talk about a divisional update. I don't know. I don't know which draft we're going to do. We have some fun draft ideas, though. I think you guys are going to like if you want a little bit of a reprieve from what has been a tough season. Um, So look forward to that, guys. And with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod. They may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast where you get your podcasts from... Follow me on Twitter at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And until next time, stay safe. And of course, stay faithful, my fire faithful homies. Take care.